whether it's heading off to college, getting married, waiting for Christmas morning to come, waiting for the birth of a child, waiting for retirement to finally come, we often find ourselves in life waiting on these big events. We're in the waiting room. And of course, 2020 is no different. In fact, maybe it's even an exaggeration of those things. So many of us right now find ourselves on wait, find ourselves waiting on things to happen. In fact, some of us feel like this whole year has been an exercise in patience and in waiting. Right now, we find ourselves waiting on a vaccine. Some of us are waiting on the kids to finally go back to school. Thank God for virtual academy, but Lord, let them go back to school. Some of us are waiting for work to go back to normal, for business to pick back up. Uh, we're sick of wearing masks and we are just ready for things to go back to normal, or if not normal, whatever next is. We don't know what next looks like. We're waiting on these things to happen. Oh, and waiting, as you're well aware, waiting can be a difficult thing and we're facing that tension. We're facing that reality right now. But we also find ourselves in a season that we call Advent. Uh, the, throughout church history, the month leading up to Christmas has been a time that we as Christians remember that waiting is part of the process. It's a time where Advent reminds us that God is at work in the struggle and that there is beauty in the wait. Today, we're going to be looking at a section of scripture that we find in the Old Testament book of Isaiah. And here we see Isaiah, years before it took place, prophesying about Jesus, about the Messiah, about the Savior being born. He speaks these words during a dark time. Uh, the children of Israel, the nation of Israel, is being oppressed by the Assyrians. Uh, there's little indication that any of this tension or any of this conflict is going to come to an end anytime soon or that that conflict is going to end positively for the people hearing this message. So when God speaks these words through Isaiah, the people took note of them. They cling to this message and they would cling to this message for hundreds of years as they waited for this, for this promise to come reality. So we pick up in Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2 through 7, and we hear these words that Isaiah spoke during this dark season in history. He says these words, he says, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of his great of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over the kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from this time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. These words that Isaiah spoke were words that brought confidence and faith to the people who heard this. They clinged to these words. He, he, he gives incredible promises in here. He says that the people would come out of darkness. They were in a dark season, but Isaiah said, this will not last. You will come out of this darkness. He prophesied that they would experience growth and joy and provision. 
He said that there would be an end to war, not just the war that they currently face, this one with the Assyrians, but of every war. He says to them, a child, to us, a child, the gift of God will be born to usher in the greatest gift, the gift of true peace. Isaiah tells these people that, he, that the thing that they longed for, the very thing that they longed for, the peace that they longed for was on its way. The peace that they hoped for was on its way, but it wasn't here yet. In fact, the people that heard this message, uh, they would not actually see this prophecy fulfilled. The nation of Israel waited almost 800 years after Isaiah spoke these words before Jesus was born on that day in Bethlehem, almost 800 years later after Isaiah had spoke these words. But Isaiah promised, even though they would wait on it, they would wait in expectation for this gift of peace. Isaiah reminds us today that in Jesus, one of the things that we celebrate at Christmas is that in Jesus, we have this peace that he prophesied. We have this peace, the peace of God that he said that we would receive when the Messiah came. I have a question for us today, though. Is peace even possible in 2020? We're waiting on so many things. There's so many things that we long for and that seem unfulfilled. Can we be at peace in 2020? Can we be at peace in the midst of a worldwide pandemic? Can we be at peace in the midst of so much uncertainty? You know, when you think about what you want in life, often all of us have things that we want in life. Often it might be that we want financial security. We want some money. Uh, we want a healthy family, maybe a good marriage. Uh, we want success, whatever, however we would define success. Like maybe it's a great job or a great marriage or there's some things in life that we want. But you know, the thing that we truly want, I believe, and many sociologists would say, the thing that we truly want behind the job or the success or the marriage, we want to be at peace. And many of us know the reality. We can have money in the bank and no peace in our heart. We can have success outwardly, and yet we can feel empty inside. We can have a great job, but life can feel like it lacks purpose and meaning. We can, have a, a, we can be married and yet not have peace. We can have those things that we want and yet not have peace. We often want those things though, because what we truly desire is peace. And Isaiah reminds us that, it is, that the peace of God is a gift that we can receive through Jesus. You see, we want peace, but often we experience the opposite. We can experience tension and fear and anxiety in our families and in our relationships. We, the thing that we really want in life is peace, and yet it can be so hard for us to receive it. Can we receive that this year? In 2020, in this Advent season, can we receive this peace that Isaiah says is promised to us? Well, Isaiah doesn't stop with what we just read. He continues on in talking about this incredible promise from God. In Isaiah 26, uh, Isaiah continues in this season of fear and in this season of unsettledness, Isaiah prophesies a day of incredible worship a day of incredible thanksgiving that would take place. When Jesus comes, he says this, he says in Isaiah 26, verses one through four, he says, in that day, everybody in the land of Judah will sing this song. 
Our city is strong. We are surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Open the gates to all who are righteous. Allow the faithful to enter. You will keep us at perfect peace, all who trust in you, all those who are fixed on you. Trust in the Lord always, for the Lord is the eternal rock. Isaiah gives this incredible promise here. He says that he says you talking about God, God will keep you in perfect peace. Isaiah promises that we will receive perfect peace through the gift of Jesus. Uh, the, The reality is, though, is that while Isaiah says that we have the gift of perfect peace, we are more familiar, at least I'm more familiar with imperfect peace. I don't know if you can relate to that. I get some peace, but not perfect peace. It's an imperfect peace, right? Uh, so, so often I can start the day saying, God, I trust you. God, I'm going to walk with you. God, I know that you're for me. And by two o'clock in the afternoon, sometimes it's like, God, where are you? I know some of us, that's the story of this year. We started this year, and I know from conversations that some of us, this was the year that we recommitted our life to following Jesus. We said, you know what? I've been trying to do things my own way. And this year, I'm making a commitment. And we did not know in January what would take place this year. And we've been challenged in that, right? We've been challenged in that commitment. Uh, We have not received the peace that we expected to receive. So how do we receive that? How How will we be kept in perfect peace? Isaiah says that the gift of Jesus offers uh, is an offer to us that we can be kept in perfect peace by God. So how do we do that? Well, I love the words that Isaiah uses here, this word that we translate perfect peace. Of course, Isaiah is speaking, in, and this is written down in the Hebrew language. And the Hebrew word here is one that you may be familiar with. Isaiah uses this word shalom, which is a typical Jewish greeting. It means peace. It means wholeness and completeness. It means fullness of peace, a fullness of peace, peace with God, peace with others, peace with myself, peace with my circumstances, a complete peace. And so the original Hebrew word here that that, uh, that Isaiah is using is this word shalom. And when he says that we will be kept in perfect peace, the way that he says that in Hebrew is he says that we will be kept in shalom, shalom. We'll be kept in a double portion of shalom, a double portion of peace. He says it twice here. We translate it to perfect peace, but but what he said is that we'd be kept in shalom, shalom. God will give us the portion of peace that we need, and then he will give us some more on top of that. You know, peace, though, peace doesn't mean that we don't experience trouble. It doesn't, ex- it doesn't mean that we don't experience problems. It doesn't mean that nothing ever breaks. It doesn't mean that the kids never fight. It doesn't mean that our spouse never gets on our nerves. It doesn't mean that our boss is never a jerk. It doesn't mean that we never have any difficulties in our life. The line at Starbucks is never long, right? That's not what peace means. You see, because the reality is, is that peace is not found in the absence of problems. Peace is not found in the absence of of problems. True peace is found in the presence of God. When the gift of Jesus is the gift of God with us, Emmanuel, God with us. And because we have the presence of God in Jesus, 
we can experience peace because peace is not the absence of problems. It's the presence of God. Peace is God's presence, God's perspective, God's assurance, even in the midst of our problems. We can have peace We can have peace when our marriage is in trouble. We can have peace when our child is struggling. We can have peace when we've been betrayed, when our body hurts, in the midst of a pandemic, when we're sick, when we're not sure how the bills are going to be paid. How do we have peace in the midst of all this? Well, you see, the battle for peace begins in our minds. The battle for peace, this peace that that Isaiah promised, this peace that God gives us through Jesus, the the battle to gain that peace begins in our minds. Can anybody else uh, relate to a war within your mind? Right? We sometimes, you know, we we have the things that we believe, uh, but then reality comes up against them and we can struggle. We can have a battle that takes place in our minds, a, a battle between faith and confidence in God in the reality of the circumstances that we see. But I love what Isaiah says, and I'm going to read it in two different translations. First, in the in the New Living Translation, uh, Isaiah 26, verse 3, he says, you will keep in perfect peace all those whose thoughts are fixed on you. You'll keep in perfect peace all those whose thoughts are fixed on you. In the New Living, in the, uh, in the New International Version, the NIV, it's translated this way. It says, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast. You see, Isaiah says exactly what I just said, that the battle for peace begins in our minds. It's where our thoughts are fixed. And Isaiah says that those whose minds are steadfast, those whose thoughts are fixed on God. Now notice what he doesn't say. He doesn't say perfect peace comes to those whose minds are fixed on CNN or on Fox News or social media feeds or the stock market those whose minds are fixed on the future or on financial problems or bad news, right? We can find ourselves allowing our our minds to get fixed in those places. But Isaiah says that we will be at perfect peace when our minds, our thoughts are fixed on God. He says when they are steadfast, when they are fixed. The word that he uses there that we translate to fixed is, is, is a Hebrew word that means to lean completely, to fully rest oneself. I just want to encourage us today that we will be kept in perfect peace when our mind is leaning on God. When our mind is leaning on God, we'll be in perfect peace when our thoughts are resting on God's unfailing promises. So the important question for us today is this, what are our minds fixed on? What consumes our thoughts? Where do our thoughts drift in idle moments or in stressful moments? What are we focusing on? Are we focused on financial worries? Are we focused on political division, COVID fears? Those things are very real all around us. We can be focused on what's going wrong or what could go wrong or the things that I don't like or the things that I dread. But Isaiah reminds us that it's that perfect peace. We will be kept in perfect peace when our minds are fixed on him. You know, we believe this to be true but we can so rarely experience this because what we need to do is we have to train our minds to not just occasionally think about the goodness of God. You see, so often we can be good about once a week or at the beginning of each day, 
right, fixing our minds, but we need to train ourselves, train our minds to constantly be thinking of the goodness of God, to meditate it, to allow our minds to be fixed on that. We may glance at other things. We may glance at our circumstances around us, but our eyes are fixed on Jesus. See, Paul writing to the church in Philippi uh, about 2,000 years or about 1,000 years later, he writes these words. He says, uh, fix your thoughts on what is true, on what is honorable, on what is right, on what is pure, what is lovely and admirable. Think about these, the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Then the God of peace will be with you. So Paul's writing the exact same thing that Isaiah said. He's saying the same thing. When we, when we fix our thoughts in the right place, we can experience the peace of God, not in the absence of problems, but even in the midst of problems, the gift of the peace of God. Here's the reality that I want to remind us of today. God is good. His promises are true. His word never fails. He never will never leave you. He will never forsake you. When you are lost, he's your guide. When you're weak, he's your strength. When you're hurting, he's your comforter. When you're lost, he finds you. Nothing can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. You see, this peace that God offers does not make sense without Jesus. Isaiah said this peace would come when the Messiah comes and Paul, looking, looking back, was reminding the church in Philippi that we can have this peace because the Messiah did come. And we read these words that Jesus, that Jesus spoke as John recorded them in John 14, 27. Jesus says these words. He says, peace I leave you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Let, your hearts, let, uh, let not your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Jesus, the Prince of Peace, speaks these words. He says that we can receive peace, not the peace the world offers, not peace that comes from hoping in, 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 in external forces, but peace that comes from Jesus, a gift from him himself. He says, my peace I give you. He, he doesn't say I'm giving you a peace, right? He says, I'm giving you my peace. Not a peace that's based on circumstances, but a peace that is based on who God is. And when did Jesus promise this peace? Well, Jesus promised this peace is recorded in John 14, the night before his suffering, the night before he went to the cross. Jesus was promising this peace. How could Jesus promise peace in a moment like that when he was about to be betrayed, when he was about to be crucified? Well, Jesus knows what we need to know. That, that peace is not found in the absence of our problems, but peace is found in the presence of God. In Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7, Paul continues on. Paul says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The peace, a peace that surpasses understanding, a peace that's not anchored in circumstances. It's not anchored in what I see. It's not anchored even in what I experience, but it's anchored in who God is. It's the peace of God 
Not a peace that the world can offer, not a peace that anybody else can offer, but a peace that comes because of who God is is revealed in Jesus. The world can't give it and the world can't take it away. The reality is, is that everybody is waiting on something. We're waiting on things that we hope will bring us peace. All the things that we're waiting on, if we boil them down, we're really waiting on things that we hope will bring us peace. And today we have this reminder that the peace that we desire has already come in Jesus. We don't have to wait for that. Although we wait for his eventual return, we wait for him to make things right. We make we wait for uh, being united with him for eternity. But even now, in the midst of what we face, we can experience this gift, this peace from God, this perfect peace, this shalom Shalom, that double portion of his peace uh, can be found in the presence of God. Advent reminds us that waiting is part of the process, but that we can have peace in the waiting through Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for the gift of Jesus. And Lord, we confess we're waiting on many things. Uh, So often we don't experience that peace that we long for that peace that we hope for, that peace that we need. But Lord, today we're reminded that there is peace that we can experience, not something that the world offers, but peace that comes from you, a perfect peace, a shalom, shalom, not because our problems have vanished, Lord, but even in the midst of a storm. So Lord, we thank you for that incredible gift. And Lord, we open our arms to receive that gift. Lord, we don't receive that gift because we've done anything special. Lord, but the good news is that you freely give that gift. And so, Lord, we want to receive it. Help us to receive that. In Jesus' name.